God has given us a great gift that is greater than gold, that is greater than the riches of this earth, and that is namely his holy and infallible word. And in honor for God and his holy word, let's stand as we read together Psalm 106. Let's stand together. We'll be reading together Psalm 106, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord, or can show forth all his praise? How blessed are those who keep justice, who practice righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, in your favor toward your people, Visit me with your salvation, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. We have sinned like our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have behaved wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders They did not remember your abundant kindnesses, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for the sake of his name, that he might make his power known. Thus he rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up, and he led them through the the deeps as through the wilderness. So he saved them from the hand of the one who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. Let's pray together. As we look at this blessed psalm of thanksgiving, we pray that you would help us not only to be thankful, but to receive the offering of salvation found in the Holy Gospel through Jesus our Lord. For we ask all these things in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Now, this might be new to some of you, but some Reformed Presbyterians, uh, sometimes these are the, the type who also are exclusive psalmists, who would say we can't sing anything else but psalms because nowhere in the New Testament they claim says that they can sing a a hymn. Well, I don't know where they get around from the new song passages uh, in Scripture, but um, I had a professor in seminary once uh, who said also um, that there were no um, reasons why we should celebrate certain holidays such as Christmas. And they argued from the word of God that there was, there was no evidence whatsoever to be found in the Bible that we should celebrate Christmas. Well, in fact, there really is no evidence that Jesus was born in December. It's, a lot of it has to do with church tradition. Now, I believe that it's a wholesome tradition. God gave us a great gift in his son. The most important birth that, it says, that has ever happened in this, uh, in this uh, world is the birth of Jesus Christ, so why not celebrate it? I think some of the um, Christmas hymns are glorious. 
um, and our denomination approved many good Christmas, Christmas hymns in this hymnal. Therefore, our denomination, and you could say as a whole, supports celebrating of Christmas. They're beautiful and glorious and God-honoring. Uh, we give gifts to each other because God gave us the greatest gift of his son. We should remember that when we give gifts. Now, you might be asking, well, Kevin, isn't it Thanksgiving coming up? Why am I talking about Christmas? Um, well, I'm getting around to that. But this same professor who was so strict to say you shouldn't celebrate Christmas because you, you don't really have a lot of evidence in the Bible to celebrate it, wholeheartedly agreed with celebrating Thanksgiving. And I think Thanksgiving, you could say, is one of the most biblical holidays in all of Holy Scripture because we see over and over again the people giving thanks to God for the many ways that he has helped them. Uh, we are to be a thankful people. We are to be thankful sons and daughters rather than an ungrateful people. It's my prayer today that this sermon will help you to give God thanks in a greater way than maybe that you've ever given before, a way of giving thanks that's pleasing in his sight. Now, the author of uh, Psalm 106 is not known, but it does uh, give us a hint that it happened during the captivity. In verse 41, it mentions that he gave them into the land of the nations. And there's also a prayer later on that God would gather them back together again to, the, uh, to their native land. Um, it says there in verse 10 um, that he would uh, redeem them from the hand of the enemy. He wants to bring them back to the land of their forefathers. Uh, so we believe uh, that this hymn was written during the captivity. Now, I'm not going to preach this entire uh, psalm. I'm not going to preach this entire psalm, but I'm only going to cover verses 1 through 12. But in doing so, in verses 1 through 12... We're going to look at some reasons, many reasons, why we ought to give God thanks, why we are to thank God. We're going to look at this in three main points. Praise and thank God for who he is. Thank God for his salvation. And thank God for all he has given you. Let's look at this first main point. Praise and thank God for who he is. Verse 1. Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. People let us down. There are numerous reasons we can give. You can always point to some sin, some offense, some inconsistency. Uh, one day we might be thankful for someone in, in whom we care for. And the other day we're very angry with them. Sometimes it's thankful one day, mad the other, right? But God is not like that. God is not sinful. God is not inconsistent. God is not, un, uh, he's not uh, any of those things. We can thank God because he is good. As it says here, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his goodness. He is the infinitely good, perfect, holy God. He always keeps his promises, he never breaks his word, and he never sins because he's in incapable of doing those things because he is holy and pure. It is God himself that defines honesty. Um, Jesus himself said it in John 14 that I am the way, 
the truth and the life. You want to see truth? You want to see the epitome of, of truth? Look at Jesus Christ in the Holy Scriptures. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Ultimately, God is the only one you can trust with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. He's the only one that you can trust in that fashion. And I ask you this question. If you cannot trust God, who can you trust? Now, sometimes when things don't go well, when people betray you, when bad things happen, maybe when dire health troubles come, we struggle with trusting the Lord. Again, if you cannot trust God, the one who is infinitely holy and trustworthy, who is truth itself and goodness itself, who can you trust? Now, if you struggle with trusting God, pray that he would help you through his word and spirit to learn to grow and trust him, to grow in your faith in that fashion. We are to give thanks to God, it says in this text, because his loving kindness is everlasting. Now, the Hebrew word here for loving kindness can also be translated steadfast love, as it is in the ESV. Um, The word here also has a meaning of faithfulness and loyalty. God is the ultimate faithful friend, the ultimately steadfast, loving friend. What more can God do to prove his steadfast love than giving you his only begotten son? Now, don't just thank God because he's good. Don't just thank God because of his loving kindness. What about all of God's other attributes? Remember, in the Shorter Catechism, it says that God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. But give God thanks for his goodness and steadfast love, but also give him thanks for his other attributes, that he is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his wisdom, in his power, in his holiness, and in his justice. We see sometimes people in in society, they, they fall through the cracks, the criminal gets let go, and the righteous suffer. That's because justice in this earth is not perfect. But God is the one who is infinitely, eternally, pure injustice. They will get justice. God will enact justice. When we see those uh, who struggle in this world um, and we look for wisdom, look unto God for ultimate wisdom because he is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his wisdom and thank him for that. God wants you to thank him as well for his salvation. Look at verse 2. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord or can show forth all his praise? Now, the psalmist asks that question and then later on in the text, he then goes and recounts some of the mighty works of salvation and deliverance that he accomplished for Israel. So even though he mentions in verse 6 that they were sinful, Uh, that they behaved wickedly, and uh, much of this psalm talks about the wickedness of the people, how despite God's deliverance, they still turned away and they went into wickedness and and idolatry. 
but he does mention how God has a redemptive history in, in saving his chosen ones. Look at how he recalls this in verses 8 through 11. He saved them for the sake of his name, that he might make his power known. Thus he rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up. He led them through the deep waters as through the wilderness. So he saved them from the hand of the one who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. You could think that one who hated them was Pharaoh. Uh, The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Now, we might say, well, that's their history. That's the history of the Jews. We're Gentiles. How does that apply to us? Galatians 3.29, I believe one of the most outstanding, important passages in the New Testament says that if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. So the history, the deliverance history of Israel, the history of salvation of Israel is your history by faith because you, by faith, are, seed, are the seed of Abraham. You are Abraham's descendants by faith. Now, consider this. If not for the deliverance at the Red Sea, would Jesus have even been born? I think not. They had to have been delivered and brought into the promised land for even Jesus Christ to be born. His seed would have been wiped out or his, his uh, ancestors would have been wiped out. And if Jesus was not born, you would still be dead in your sins. He redeemed them from the one who hated them, namely Pharaoh. Well, we have one who hates us, namely the evil one, and we've been redeemed from that evil one who hates and seeks to destroy each and every one of you. And he has delivered you from the hand of the enemy, the author of lies, uh, the author of all wickedness and hatred, the devil. Now, if you do not have faith in Christ, you have not been delivered from him. You are still held prisoner by the evil one. Because of the psalmist um, mentioning that he is still in captivity, he's still waiting along with the vast majority of God's people, except for a remnant that are left in Jerusalem, he's still waiting for God to give them deliverance for a coming salvation. Look at verse 4. He says, Remember me, O Lord, in your favor toward your people. Visit me with your salvation. He was still longing for a future salvation. Perhaps they were still longing for that ultimate Messiah even. Well, on this side of the cross, we have been revealed who Jesus is. And I say because we are on this side of the cross and because you know of what Jesus has done and you know of the cross of Christ, blessed are your eyes because they see and blessed are your ears because they hear. Many prophets and righteous men like the psalmist desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. But God has given you this greater revelation and a greater full, uh, complete salvation through Jesus our Lord. They looked forward to the Christ to come and to the cross to come and were saved. We look back to Jesus who has already died on the cross. 
Now, if you have a sincere faith producing a fruitful Christian life, I say that you have already received the salvation that has been given through Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Again, the psalmist asks in verse 2, Who can speak of the mighty deeds of the Lord, or who can show forth all His praise? I sure hope you can. I hope you can. If given the opportunity, you should speak to others of the mighty deeds of the Lord. Now, thankfulness should be produced in you to cause you to seek to worship God. If you say this season, I am thankful to God for what He's given me, but you don't worship Him. If you don't seek to worship together with the people of God, you're breaking really the first, the second, and the fourth commandments. A thankful people give God the praise and don't forsake the gathering of the brethren according to Hebrews 10. Thank God for all He has given you. That's the third final point. Thank God for all that He has given you. Because of the Lord's favor and salvation, verse 5 says uh, this, this confident saying of the psalmist, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. I think many of you can say that you have seen the prosperity as God's chosen ones. God has blessed you with homes, food, clothing, pleasant goods, beautiful music, um, plants, colorful flowers, delightful pets, The list could go on and on. Medical care, health. Uh, Mr. George oftentimes uh, uses this statement of, you ask him how he's doing, he's thankful to still be vertical. Well, we have to be thankful, even though we might have aches and pains, that we can still get around on our own two feet, rather than be laying in bed. We have to thank God for many such things. Uh, I was in an OPC church um, once where the minister during a, a Wednesday night service before Thanksgiving would go around and ask people, well, why don't we, it, those of you who want, who want to, would you like to say what you're thankful for? Well, I do think that that's a good practice when you're at home, when you're getting together and you're sitting around the table enjoying the meal, maybe ask and say, what are you thankful for? And I hope you can talk about the things that you are thankful for. I'm thankful in particular for this church. I'm thankful for our deacons and elders. I'm thankful for our visitors, our friends, um, our members especially. I honestly am so thankful for the privilege to be a pastor and to preach. What a great and wonderful privilege. I am very, very thankful Be thankful for those in your family. Kids, are you thankful for your parents? Be thankful. Tell them. Thank them. Don't forget how many good things they have done for you. Tell them how you appreciate them. Um, Parents, are you thankful for your children? Scripture says in Psalm 127.3, Children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Thank the Lord for your children. Husbands, thank God for your wives and thank your wives. 
And wives, thank God for your husbands and thank your husbands. Now, rather than just things, again, rather than just the things of this world or the prosperity of this world, consider giving thanks to God for people especially. And maybe this holiday season, go around and and tell those whom you care about that you're thankful for them as well, as you thank God for them. Be thankful and glory with your inheritance, the psalm says. Again, we can glory in the wonderful gifts. We can thank God for the wonderful gifts that we've been given in this world, in our relationships that we have in this world, and the things that we have in this world, but it won't hold a candle to the beauties and the wonders and the splendor of the world to come. Even the relationships that we will have in the world to come. Thank God for a glorious inheritance. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter 1, starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. If you have faith in Christ, you have an imperishable inheritance in glory that will not fade away. It is reserved for you in heaven. It is undefiled. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says that we have a glorious inheritance which includes things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. Glory in your inheritance through Christ our Lord it is a magnificent, glorious inheritance. Now, some have a habit of not really being thankful. Now, some, some might say, well, that's a personality trait. Well, maybe they're just born that way. They're just not really thankful, appreciative. They're kind of ungrateful. But if, if you're not thankful, lacking thanks to God and to others is especially one thing that is marked as being a wicked person outside of the Christian faith. Turn to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Verse 1. But realize this. In the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, that means unthankful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Such people hold to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. We are to avoid such persons. If you are such a person, you are not a Christian. If you have a heart that is lacking in thankfulness, especially to God, you may have an unregenerate heart. And you need, you need to ask God for a new heart to believe and to demonstrate the fruit of salvation. Again, today's text gives us many reasons why we are to thank God. Praise and thank God for who He is. He is a good God. He has loving kindness that is everlasting. He is infinite and eternal and unchangeable in those blessed, wonderful attributes of love and mercy and goodness and holiness and justice and truth. But thank God for His salvation. For He has wrought a mighty Blessed salvation through Jesus our Lord. He's delivered you from the one who hated you, even the devil himself. And he has caused you to be redeemed by the cross of Christ. Therefore, speak of the wondrous deeds and the mighty works of the Lord. Thank God for all he has given you. Not just the things of this world. Thank God for your family. Thank God for the people in your church. Thank God for the freedoms that we have in this nation. Thank God, not just for things, but when you go around the table and you ask each other what you're thankful for, I hope it's not just stuff. I hope that each of you can say sincerely from from the heart, you're thankful to God. You're thankful to God through the Lord Jesus Christ that he has delivered you from the power of the evil one. For ultimately, if you have no thankfulness towards God, you're in deep, deep trouble. Be a thankful people. Pray to God to give you a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise and worship. Let's pray together. We thank you, our blessed Lord, for your goodness unto us, that you have given us your greatest blessing, even Jesus our Lord. Help us to give you the thanks. We thank you for the many great things that you have given us, the prosperity that you have given us. We thank you for our loved ones. Help us to be thankful for our families. And ultimately, we pray that by the work of your Holy Spirit that you would give us fruit as Christians, that we would bear forth much fruit, and we would bear forth here the fruit of thankfulness rather than being ungrateful. Help us by this, by your Holy Spirit, to work this grace in our hearts and that we might rejoice this season, not just in stuff, but that we might rejoice in you, O God, our Deliverer. For we ask these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. For a hymn of dedication, we'll turn actually to Psalm 138. A, 138A, with all my heart, my thanks I bring. Let's stand and sing 138A. <laughs>